apparently Victim of Joy was a big hit in London. And I'm like, what the hell? Who the fuck was I when this was occurring? Meanwhile, I'm here chewing on like, you know, a slice of pizza. And then somebody's over there rocking in London. Hello and welcome once again to the No Name NYC podcast. My name is Eric Vetter, and I want to thank you guys for tuning in, for coming out to play with us here. If you're here for the first time, welcome. Get to know everybody. Grab a cookie, grab a coffee, sit down. Well, it sounds like I'm setting up an AA meeting, which, you know, maybe that wouldn't be a bad idea for some of us. Anyway, the voice you heard up front is that of Dawn Owens. For those of you who are longtime friends of No Name, you may know that No Name started out as a sketch comedy group. We're going to celebrate 30 years this coming February. For the first six years of our existence, we were a sketch comedy group, and that was an idea that came from Dawn Owens, who's a college friend of mine and an enormously talented human. And most of the ideas that have worked really well with No Name or certainly a lot of them, came from her, even though she had not performed with us regularly for over a couple of decades. It was really exciting to talk with her because, you know, really no name came about because she said to me, hey, why don't we do this? So we did. It was great catching up with her, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Now, this is our last episode, if if things work out according to schedule, which uh, surprisingly, thanks to our producer, Gary Hardcastle, they usually do in spite of all the odds. But if everything works out according to schedule, this should be our last episode of the year. And we thought it would be fun to kind of treat it as an end of year holiday, you know, people get together with friends and family. And we thought it would be fun to include some little moments from other friends and family of no name as well. So we're actually going to begin with a holiday song from a past guest, Tony nominee for his role in A Strange Loop, John Andrew Morrison, doing a song written by Rachel Peters, a composer who is quite amazing, and we really hope to have her on a subsequent episode as a guest. This was from a live performance you know, this was not recorded in studio. It was just somebody recording it from the audience. Such a, a wonderful song, and it's very funny. And for God's sakes, it's Tony nominee John Andrew Morrison. So sit back, relax, and we'll kick things off with a song called Santa Ain't Black. Oh, 
Santa ain't brown, Santa ain't red, Santa ain't green, cause Santa ain't So now I'm out of a job. <laughs> I did right. Merry Christmas to all. And to all a good night. Oh man, I love that song. I love that song. I love that singer. I love that writer. That should get us all in the holiday mood. Continuing with this sort of thing, one of our guests from last month was another wonderful composer and singer and songwriter and all-around arts person, Amy Engelhart. Amy has uh, a distinction that may not mean a lot to the entire world, but to a certain comedy geek mind, this is like climbing Mount Everest. She has a song that had been played multiple times on the Dr. Demento show, And it also has a holiday theme. The song is called, How Did This Thing Get In Me? This is Amy Engelhart. The devil started when we started to talk. My husband Joseph and me went for a walk. He saw my belly and broke out in a sweat. He said, how can you be pregnant? I ain't touched you yet. I'd like to think I'm not the gullible type. Don't go for male exaggeration or hype. So when I tell you this, it's gonna sound odd. But I think that I'm the portal for the son of God. shepherd's wife gets i know where babies come from i got pets and joseph spends all his time with the sheep but you know i'm told that's cliche i don't remember no romantic date so now i'm thinking it was something i ate i am a virgin and that ain't no joke what's your stuff you know i think my holy water just broke how did this thing get in me When I was a little girl, my mother said to me, Mary, if you play with those boys, you're gonna get trouble. When do I get to play with the boys? Back at the stable now, I'm starting to push. The cattle are lowing and there's hay in my tush. They gave me frankincense and gold and some myrrh, but you know I'm not old up in girls what I'd seriously prefer. I couldn't make up more incredible things. This is a trio of the holiest kings. And I believe them because I'm told that they're wise when they say that there's a miracle just north of my thighs. Oh, how did this thing get in me? Only God knows if I haven't been with Joseph, but apparently that's no guarantee. And despite good behavior, I'm carrying the Savior. I'm all aglow with divinity. So how did this thing get in me? So that was Amy Engelhart. So we've had two holiday songs from dear friends of No Name Family. So is everybody in a a good holiday spirit of anarchy or something? Well, have some more cookies, have some more punch. We're going to get to our conversation with Dawn Owens in a minute. But I do want to make a note of something. Now, when we went to our spot in Brooklyn to record the Dawn episode, my producer Gary and I decided we were going to take the subway because it seemed to make the most sense. Here's the thing. It was Marathon Sunday in New York. We thought any car, anything, yeah, we're going to be screwed up with traffic and things of that nature. So let's go. We know it's the weekend. There'll probably be track work. There'll probably be delays. And there was track work and there were delays. We set out really early and we figured we'd be okay. And then New York happened. We were on the second of the trains we needed to take. The train pulled into the station. We got on, sat down, and sat, and sat, and sat. And they did mention periodically that we were delayed, or at least that's what it sounded like they were saying. I mean, there was no one to interpret for us, and it wasn't the modern mechanized one. It was an actual live conductor, which I like. Unfortunately, it's really of no use because you have no idea what the hell they're saying. 
we waited there and waited there. And eventually we, we got an announcement that we could hear. And it said that there was a passenger on the tracks at a subsequent station and they were waiting. And they recommended that we take another train. Well, there were two other trains that we were able to take. We're at the Broadway it used to be Broadway, Nassau Street. I think now it's it's just uh, Fulton Street stop. But we walked through the endless labyrinth underneath the streets of New York and walked and walked and eventually got to the other trains. And one of the two trains we could have taken was not running at all. And the other was only going about two more stops and then stopping there. Neither of them was going to get us to Brooklyn. So we walked and we walked back to the train that we had been on that was still sitting there in the station. After about 15 more minutes, it actually went. We got to Brooklyn, but we only had a few minutes to record. We had under an hour. So I'm saying all of this to let you know that because of New York City, we did not get a full conversation with Dawn as we would have liked to. So what we're presenting here is the first of two parts of a conversation with Dawn Owens. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor, from the home of Bob the Squirrel, get away to Green Bay. Get away to Green Bay. Yes, that's right. The historic afterhouse bed and breakfast in beautiful Green Bay, Wisconsin where your innkeepers, Tom and Linda Steber, will greet you and make you feel at home in any of their five luxury accommodations, all of which have their own bath, and some of which even have a jacuzzi. Now, bed and breakfast. This is the bed and breakfast. You ever go to a bed and breakfast and think, I'd rather not have the breakfast? Or maybe you wake up and there was almost no breakfast and it's all gone by the time you got there. Or you do get there and there's like a couple of strips of bacon, maybe one or two turkey sausages, a box of half-eaten cereal, and some questionable fruit. That will never happen to you at the historic Astor House Bed and Breakfast, where nothing is more majestic than the fresh, homemade, yummy, scrumptious... Their breakfasts are amazing and are worth the trip alone. And after breakfast, if you want to know what's going on in Green Bay, what's fun to do, what restaurants do you need to check out, well, ask Tom and Linda. They know everything. They are totally connected there, and they will see to it that you have a blast every second you are up there. So, what do you want to do? You want to make some reservations? You got some questions? Check them out online. Go to www.astorhouse.com. That is Astorhouse, A-S-T-O-R-H-O-U-S-E.com. Escape to Green Bay today. So just like old times, huh? <laughs> Seems like old times. Haven't you? <laughs> to walk we? Should I? I guess I should turn my phone off. Yes. Oh no! Leave it on. Leave it on. <laughs> Mine's staying on. I can't believe it matters. <laughs> so let me ask you this: I was, I was, um, you. I'm sure you probably remember this, but I, I hadn't thought about it in a while, and and I was talking with someone about it the other day when we were doing the sketch comedy thing. Yeah. Uh, back in the days at Don't Tell Mama. <laughs> Were you aware that the cast had a running show-to-show bet on which of us was going to show up later? No, I did not. Did oh. they? The, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, apparently, it was going on for a while before I found out about it. But here's the thing. So, <laughs> so you know, and let's be honest. Sometimes we showed up late together. Yeah. But usually... Usually it was one or the other. Even if we came down together, you'd send me in to let them know that you were looking for parking and would be there before the month was out. Now, all right. So um, I found out about it because Wayne told me about it. Our wow. dear friend Wayne Rosignol. Now the reason Wayne told me is Wayne was super pissed at me because apparently for a long streak, 
every time he bet, I fucked it up. Like he would bet that I was going to be the one who was late and I'd be right. early or whatever. Uh, so I don't know who else was involved, but. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you saying that Wayno won because I was usually late and he lost the money? No, just, no, his thing was. I wouldn't be surprised. No, his thing was, whichever way he thought it was going to go that week, he bet the wrong way. So, like, you were you were the one who was earlier last time, so I figured you had to be late this oh, time. We, Motherfucker, you showed up on time. Oh, okay. Or vice versa, you know, whatever it was. But I guess, I guess Wayne thought he had a system and we busted his That's system. Right. You can't so. bust that late system, damn it. <laughs> I'm so, late. You are late. <laughs> right, right. This is and he's like, he said, it didn't matter which way <laughs> he bet. You know, I, I have no idea who, who else was involved in that, but that sounds like something that Lee Allen Barrett would have had a piece of. Lee Allen. Was that the, now was that the time during Lenny and that was, was that the uh, Lenny no, crew? No, no, they, they were gone that before was, we, uh. Before we were at Don't Tell Mama, we we were like about yeah. a year, year and a half in, I think, at that point. And it, mm. it probably didn't oh, yeah. start when we started at Don't Tell Mama because it was probably something like, hey, one of them's always late. And oh. Who won, you know, I, you know, I have to ask uh, Andrea, Andrea's our stage manager from back mm -hmm. in, the, in the day, because she was probably aware of what was it. She could probably give us a more balanced <laughs> Fair and balanced report on what. Oh, but she kept it tight lip. I never knew. But that could also mean that I just never was aware of the bet because I was never there on time to to ever get wind of it. Not even to be around a corner. Not even to be like hiding around a corner. Aha! I heard you. Or, or, or you know. That means I was never in the vicinity. Like, was I in New York? Was I, was I in Connecticut? I don't <laughs> Well, see, see, like, apparently I still don't know because I'm, I'm still on my way here. So <laughs> y'all could still have a bet going. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, there, there's part of me that would like to get high and mighty and say like, well, at least I was the only person who ever did not miss an opening curtain. But the fact of the matter is, if I'm being truthful, I committed a far worse sin than you in high school I was doing a play, the lead character, mind you, oh. and I went home after school to take a nap, and, and <laughs> I I slept through the performance, <laughs> and the director, who was my social studies teacher, had to go on in my place, I believe, with script in hand. You never told me that. Well, you know, it's not, I don't man, mean to brag or you, nothing, but. No, man, but how could you not ever tell me that story? How could you, like, deprive me of such... Oh my God! Such laughter. I'm sorry. I just figured. I just I'm figured have to I told use that you as, that as comic porn. You know, you go like, tell me the story now, <laughs> so I could go somewhere in the corner later on tonight, and then you know, when Ricardo hubby hears me, and I'm like, <laughs> he's like, well, first of all, are you okay? And then he's gonna be like. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to wait and laugh so hard at that. See? I can't. I foresee this leading to a very odd twelve-step meeting. Um, wait a minute. That's my nightmare. Yeah. That's the type of where I tell you I always have nightmares about performances. Well, I, I lived that, the nightmare that, once in high school. <laughs> Um, what, all right, I'll tell you one more on me, and then, and then, then enough about me and my, my chronic lateness, which I've largely beaten, thank God. Oh, well. Um, but, um, I, yeah, I, I once did a play. You may have actually come to see the play, but it was, it was a play in, 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 in a public space uptown in the garden. And uh, a wonderful actor, a very funny guy, and... and and writer named Benny Benowitz, and he was in the cast. Okay. And Benny, Benny's a hilarious guy, but he's he's a chronic complainer. Okay. And that's part of his humor. And oh. And he showed up real late one day for a performance. Got there maybe maybe five minutes before curtain. Well, no curtain. It was outside. But you know, five okay. minutes before the scheduled start. And he shows up, he had some horrible experience on the subway or whatever. He was absolutely certain that I couldn't possibly be later than him. And as he's declaring this, I walked in. <laughs> so, 
So I think we 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 both have colorful past regarding our our punctuality, but I think I got a couple of stories that are, are, are probably worse than yours, so I won't get high mm. and mighty. Anyway, no. good to see you, man. Oh, I, yeah. well, I was trying to think. I, the last time I saw you, like, like I said off mic, the last time I saw you, I could see you. Uh, so that means it's been at least three to four years. Before the pandemic shut down. That's what I'm saying. So yep. I know it was a bit before pandemic, so yeah. probably That's at least like something. 18, 2018, something. Anyway. No, honestly, Point yeah. being, like before the pandemic, before that shut down, like it's like a blur after that. But I've spoken I to you, fucks right? Up, fucking up the whole timeline, right? Well, wait, I saw you last week. Oh, wait, no, last week plus three years. Yeah, you know, it was like like just a, you know. How the everything. heck are you? You know, I mean, got my limbs, got all my limbs, all my fingers. Well, all right, so 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 you're you can walk. <laughs> Look at you, a, little a person braggart. on my job, like I have a thing where I'm like trying. Oh to, man! You know, yeah. I thought of you. We 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 had a horrible, horrible uh, commute to this recording session, mm-hmm. um, and where we were stuck for the better part of 2023 was uh, stopped <laughs> by your day job. And, uh, a, you, Fulton oh, Street. I was gonna make a joke, but yeah, could you feel it? Uh, I, you know, I, I sensed the disturbance in the force. Mm-hmm. And and MTA did a classic MTA thing, by the way. Uh, this is all the stuff I was gonna babble about in the intro for this episode, but fuck it, we're here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can talk for my whole opening. Uh, oh. Anyway, so here's the thing. Um, uh, as, as we're there, I, I just think I. Hate this fucking station. And MTA did what it, MTA does. The conductor on our train, after you know most of us had gone through puberty in old age, <laughs> uh, announces announces uh, we, we don't really know when we're going to be moving. You should go to the four or five oh, or that's, six. Well, that's um, never good. And we went through that labyrinth down there to to get there. Um, mm. And, well, I knew the six was of no use to us because it's not going to Brooklyn. Mm. Turned out, what, what was it, Gary? The five was not running? Right. The five was not running, and we got there, and a four was pulling in. They announced it was there were no trains going uh, below Borough Hall, uh, below uh, 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 City Hall. Mm. So I'm like, well, that's that's good thing they sent us over here. Oh. Uh, anyway, so I, I'm, I'm going to try this again. How are you? Wait, no, you've got your limbs. You okay, see, that. there we go. That I got my limbs. You're, you're. I, I, I know when I met you, you were living in the Bronx, but you're, you, you I were originally in born in, in, in Brooklyn. Ra- initially in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Damn. Okay. Yes, did you I have am. some time in Queens at some point? No, I did not. I traveled to Queens by <laughs> what is it? You need a helicopter, a boat, and uh, what was it? A helicopter, a boat. Uh, you have to go by train and. Usually, there's some sort of uh, bicycling involved, but that's that's the commute. There's yeah, usually well, at well, least you know, those I, things. I'm glad we're no. finally past the rickshaw stage. Yeah. Haven't done Staten Island or Queens. Uh, yeah, that's Staten Island. Island. But man, done, yeah, yeah. man, you know, I, 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 Michelle Carlo, the uh, a no-name staple, likes to brag that she's lived in four of the five boroughs. Oh, wow. The one she's not been to is Staten Island, and she wants to maintain that record. Mm. I, I, I kind of agree with her. <laughs> I gotta say. So yeah. But, uh, so so, but you, but you went to the Bronx at a fairly young age, right? Yeah, I went to the Bronx. Yeah. Uh, well, I was born. I was born in Brooklyn when I was a, when I was a baby. I moved to the Bronx. We were. I was an infant in the Bronx for like a year. My family moved out. But what's funny is after we we moved, actually we moved to Long Island. Long Island uh-huh. was not good. Not very good. <laughs> Um, people didn't seem to know me and my brother and another child that was in the school by our name. So, uh, oh, so yeah. So I was basically the N word for what, like a year. Oh, jeez. And um, it was nice to beat people up when they said it. So uh, anyway, but that thing is. So they moved us. My my father moved us back to the Bronx, and I ended up in the same building, that building that I was in in Tremont Avenue. Yeah, yeah. That's the same building I was a baby in, except this time I moved to, I was at one point I was on the ninth floor and then I was on the 17th floor. So it was cute. I was a baby. Oh, wow. Moved away, came well, back. 
to the Bronx. Yeah. And, and how old were you when you when you moved there to stay for a while? Um, went back. At, I think it was seven. Seven, seven between seven well, and eight. Fair and amount. Stayed there until I was in my twenties. Did you? <laughs> With that amount of moving, were, were you happy to be back in the place that you had been before? In the the Bronx, coming back to the yeah, 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 I was cool. I mean, I stayed there for so many years. I mean, you know, I'm just used to hills. The hills are alive <laughs> with the sound of... All right, hey, yeah, I'm going to have to cut you off joints? there because we, we, uh, we don't like, want to have to pay royalty <laughs> now. <laughs> Sorry. But it was a lovely moment. It, it was like, loose joint. Um, <laughs> but... It, but yeah, that was, the Bronx was cool, and then you know I went to Brooklyn by way of you know, you know, man, <laughs> bad man, uh, bad man. But um, yeah. Uh, but you you disposed of the body, right? Uh, I have a freezer. Oh, I'm sorry. We can edit that. <laughs> but uh, what? Let me ask you this: Do do you obviously you're well? Obvious to me because I know you. Uh, Brooklyn is is where you where you've been ensconced for for a good while now. Yeah. Do you have a preference of borough, or is this just where we landed? Mm-hmm. Um, I like. Uh, yeah, I think I like uh, Brooklyn. I, Brooklyn, sadly enough, I, you you don't have to leave Brooklyn. Brooklyn, like they say, is a new New York in the new Manhattan rather. And I like I just remember like not ever having to, you don't have to leave Brooklyn. Brooklyn's like, yeah, we got whatever you got, Manhattan, and also with an attitude, you know. So yeah, Brooklyn has the attitude with the, everything that you need not to ever leave the borough. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, do I, that. Like I mean honestly so I like it, it's kind of my hope that one day Washington Heights will have a little of that attitude. Like mm, we don't need to go <laughs> anywhere else. You know, <laughs> the heights downtown. and inwood, which you know, smushing together or whatever. But see, see, one thing that Brooklyn has uh, long since escaped is is w- what I consider the uh, kind of the uptown malady, which is starting change, and that's this. Uh, like, if you're trying to do an artistic endeavor uptown, like you know, put on a show or something like that, no matter what you bring them. And it's starting change, but there's still a little bit of an attitude like, oh, that's nice. But if it was really good, it'd be downtown. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. Brooklyn finally reached a point where like, fuck it, we here. Mm-hmm. Especially you with know. Barclays Center. I yeah. think that was really. But it was before then, though. Before but that, that was just kind of the big punctuation. That was the really, okay. That was the real fuck you. Right. Uh, they, so you think that they were, even before the Barclays, they had the attitude that. We got whatever you whatever you got. Anything you can do. I'm not saying the rest because of copyright. Um, anything yeah, yeah, you yeah. can do, we can somewhat surpass that. You know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I yeah I'm I'm been okay in Brooklyn. I, I when it comes down to it, yeah, I guess I was a Brooklyn, but Bronx. Am I like a kind of a almost a borough? A borough war, like bouncing around. Like, I, is it all right if I if if I like all kind of mix it up with all the boroughs? <laughs> is it like is 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 that a bad thing? Uh, I you know I, I don't know I'm, I'm not in a position of authority. <laughs> you know I'm not the one is who issues. Bad thing to one of the. I'm not the one who issues the passport. You know borough might you know. Yeah, you know, have to cut cut to you trying to go. Go to work one day and you get stopped at the Brooklyn Bridge and say, "Sorry, I'm gonna have to see your passport and see your your papers are in order." I was, I'm sorry, I don't. I don't oh, I'm sorry. Well, you're gonna have to turn around and go back to Brooklyn. Yeah. I- <laughs> but no. But I work here. Do you have any proof of that? Uh, Do you see these circles under my eyes? No. Um, <laughs> no. I think so. right now, I when I go back to the Bronx, I do feel a sense of. Well, one thing is so many damn hills. Um, we used to be sliding. I mean, oh, my God. That hill near where I, mm-hmm, I lived, mm-hmm. I don't miss the hills. There's a lot of out of breath. And when I still speak to people that live in the Bronx, they're usually out of breath while they're talking to me on the phone. <laughs> As I, in Brooklyn, that's one of the things I did like about Brooklyn. I was so happy when I moved to Brooklyn, I couldn't believe that I could see everything, like, straight ahead. Like, I, there was no hill blocking my view. Right? And I did, <laughs> I could see 
it was like that clock downtown. I'm like, I can see it from all the way on, over here. On but the it, other hand, <laughs> what Brooklyn had, they don't, they don't have those hills. What they have are like these endless streets to get across town that are blocked by something you cannot go through. <laughs> it's so it's like, oh, I know, just cut, cut. Oh, we can't do you can't that. Do it. Fuck. That's the tease. If I was in the Bronx, I could I could just climb oh, a giant right. hill. Just have to climb. Go hill. down. You, you just need your you know the right shoes and and, and provisions and, and a right. guide. Yes, you do. Yes. <laughs> Let me ask you this: How you know when when we met? You know, we were we were both uh, figuring out various things uh, on our own about performing and stuff. Um, but you, you were definitely much more accomplished in such ways. It was a new thing to me. How old were you when you first had, had an impulse that you might want to perform? And what did you want to perform? Oh, well, um, let's see, perform. Oh, impulse to perform. I would, and does it matter what? Does it matter? No, what no, no. Could, I mean, like from I'm eight, at, if I can just interrupt for a second, because, mm -hmm. I, because I remember when I met you, you told me of having auditioned for music and art high school as a, a forgive me if I'm wrong, but you auditioned as a dancer and got in as a singer. Is that performing accurate? arts, performing arts actually. For the oh. dance of those, those were our sister school, music and art and performing arts. Okay, and, okay. Uh, but we all got a ticket to see fame. We all got to see it for free. I was right um, around the time, right? right? A couple yeah. of years after? Uh, what? That, no, I had already been in, in, in the school when I think when fame came out. I'm telling on myself. But we, we all, all, both schools got to see it for free, the screen, you know, a screening. But that, yeah, performing arts, the dance piece, that got in for that waiting list. That was mm. a big thing though. Before arts, it was like, oh, you're on the waiting list. And right. then music and art for the singing, for the singing. And uh, played my played the guitar and played my own little song because I used to write songs at, mm. from age eight. From wow. age eight, started writing songs, you know, on my guitar. I had so many songs, but I was always like kind of on, like their parents put you on punishment. Like, do you do know something naughty? I'm doing punishment, right? Tell it would be, you can't go outside. So if you punishment, you can't go outside. So what I started to do was I had my guitar and I'd go in my room with my tape recorder. So it's kind of funny because then it's sort of like, how much, what, you must have always been fucking up because <laughs> I learned how to do <laughs> harmonies and shit. And it was like, <laughs> I was harmonizing. <laughs> right, do it your own, She's do it yourself, multi-tracking. What I mean, like I mean, I wasn't a hard I mean, I wasn't a horrible kid. I didn't try to kill any other kids, but that was just what we like. Every you know, if you, there was always someone who was on punishment in my building. I was on the seventeenth floor, so you okay. had we had all these terraces. There were the kids that live in the back, the uh, back of the building, the front of the building, right? We were all the same, but it was just you know, the back of the building, you know, that was a whole different experience, right? So the front of the building, it was like always some kid on top of their, on their terrace that was on punishment, uh -huh. watching everyone else running around. <laughs> and it was always like, oh, there's Tito. And Tito's watching over the terrace because he's watching everybody like, <laughs> there's Melody, there's Sandra. And look at them. They're playing run, catching kids. So me on the 17th floor, I'd be very often watching them run and run. I just, for me, it always I always remember that. So what I did instead with my time was I went and I started playing that guitar and my dad had all these, you know, my dad was in the music and I listened to music forever and just, I, that's how I discovered that guitar. So maybe I should be like, I mean, I don't know if I should be thankful that I was on punishment, but so I was just in strumming. What, what, <laughs> to what do you attribute your great success as a singer-songwriter? Punishment. <laughs> punishment. <laughs> Right. You know, like, you know, but anyway, no, I, so that's where. So what was that your first that uh, was, artistic impulse though? It, with I, music? Yeah, when I was like, yeah, eight, yeah. And we always did shows for my mom, me and my mm. brother. Always did comedy skits. You know, it's one of the things that inspired me is my mom, and you've heard it, my mom's laugh. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. We'd, Great and laugh. My parents used to, 
you know, we just, we just had my mom cracking up. So we just did all this comedy, me and my brother. So that was the other thing with the performing. And I always wanted to perform. Um, yeah, I do also remember in, in, in third grade as well, I used to be the writer in school. And I was so, I was so upset because I was, got, I was got the, you know, you get the little free, creative writing awards and they give you these little awards. It's really nice. But I always got the creative writing one. And I never forget Derek Dent. He's in third grade. Man, he always used to, he sang so beautifully with third grade. And he's always sang Ben. And I was always Aww. with my creative writing, my creative writing award. I'd be like, yeah, look at him with his music award. He always gets the music award. <laughs> but um, yeah, I remember that even then I wanted to, mom, I want to sing and, and I love to perform. And so I think it started around eight years old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as, uh, were you, were you, uh, what was, what was the high school experience when you got in? Oh, it was great. I mean, you know, music and art, I, I didn't, I didn't want to go to music and art at first. I wanted to go to this high school that everyone else was going to, JFK, John F. Kennedy High School, um, with the jocks and the cheerleaders, with nothing wrong with that. But uh, I was very sad when I first got to music and art because it was smaller and it was, to me, it was older. It looked like, oh, this isn't a new school. It's like, it's got, well, you know, as a kid, you're like, well, it's got character. You don't know that's what you're really saying. You're going, this is old. You really go, this has character and integrity. How boring. <laughs> so hey, I Clearly, you know what appeals to and, kids most. And my, and my mom used to be always listening. She would listen and she would say, you know, want to do, you know, do what you want to do. And I remember the day we were driving, she said, you're going to music and art. Like, oh. Really? Yeah, you're going there. You're, I'm sorry, I'm making that decision. You're going. And, oh. But I remember the first few days, oh, man, because everybody else is going to the same high school. Mm -hmm. And then I just remember it just clicked in, man, and it was just, it was amazing. It, it, I, I, I think it, she, I think my mother's, um, wow, for that, um, not listening mm -hmm. to me on that occasion where she's like, <laughs> like it's one of those things where you're going to try, I'm sorry, I can't even, I'm not going to fake, you're gonna, you need to go where the rest of the kids are. No, she knew what she was saying. You're going there. And that was an amazing experience. It, it, I wouldn't have been the same uh, person. Now there might be some people who are thankful, or thankful and might be some people who are like, oh, shoot, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wouldn't be the same. I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have the same, uh, I just wouldn't have the same soul, same spirit mm -hmm. that I think it, or it fed this, my spirit. But uh, yeah, music and art, it's just, it just had its own, its own, there was a beauty to it, that old, that old feeling, that the old halls, the, 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 the sort of creepy Look that it had with the old, you know, this you get the sort feeling of that, like the, there is spirits of artists past there kind of thing. Yeah, but as a teenager at first, it was like this sucked, but but after a while, it became you know, along with some of the crappy teachers, um, <laughs> you know, it it became a, a, a just a beautiful experience where we all just connected and mm -hmm. yeah, there were hard times, but when I look at it now at 172 years old. <laughs> I see like, wow, wow, what an experience. And and what made it also sort of bittersweet was my dad was he always my both my parents, my 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 mom wanted to be interior decorator. Um she also sang, she also played the guitar and the piano. My dad played guitar and piano. Not so great on the piano, but okay. But he but that's you know, but he he sang and he played that guitar and he was very multi-talented. He performed. Mm. And he he, both of them were very good artists. And my dad always mm. wanted to go to music and art when he was when he was a teenager. But see, when he was in a teenager, they didn't allow black folks in. I was wondering about that. So it was Wow. My aunt, his remember Auntie Geraldine, God rest her soul. She, uh, she she wrote me something and she wrote that when she son was going to uh you know, well, going to high school, that was really important. I mean, they, there had been people that, in my family that graduated from high school. But mm -hmm. I know one of the things that, you know, she and my mom acknowledged was how my dad didn't have, wouldn't have that opportunity. He didn't have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that I did, you know. So. 
that's another thing I think, in a sense, I don't know if it's like giving back to him a little bit, giving, seeing that I had the opportunity that he didn't, and he yeah. wouldn't, just did because you, of you, what he looked like. Did that make it feel, uh, was there any weight attached to that for you? Mm, no. No. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I do, you know, I, 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 it, it does mean, so, it does mean something now, mm-hmm. you know, when can I carry with me as now. Um, yeah. There were still, to be honest, there were still some remnants definitely of that when I went. I mean, that's, you know, is what it is. It was a beautiful experience, but of course there were remnants of still, uh, when I, when, uh, that's, they still were getting used to having uh, students of color <laughs> yeah. in the school. So, yeah, yeah. yeah there was eh, you did a struggle with that still. still yeah, like, yeah. You know? So, definitely with an element of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than an element, I know. But, um, well, let me ask you this. When you emerged from there, what, what were you thinking? I mean, in terms of what did you... Did you have specific goals or like, I'm going to be on Broadway or what, you know, whatever? Yes, all of that. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I, I, I get it. All of that, all of that. Yes, the sky is, remember, we were watching Fame. And yeah. the sky is the limit. <laughs> pointing. She's just pointing. Like, people just were like, why does she keep pointing? What is she pointing at? <laughs> you know, she keeps looking up in the air saying the sky is the limit. Where is she going? <laughs> so I, I just, one of the things was like, holy, yeah, holy, oh, holy crap. What am I going to do with my life? <laughs> um, but at the same time, it was like, oh my God, yes. I envisioned myself, um, you know, a star on Broadway or, you know, uh, a singer, a, so, uh, a solo artist. And uh, that's where then we go to, City College, <laughs> which, hey, love me some city. <laughs> hey. And continue there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, more or less a lateral move from, <laughs> from performing arts high schools. Uh, oh, man. I had a mixture of sort of dreams, you know. It was a mixture. Well, when, when you... When you started to dig in at City, mm. did was there anything particularly pulling you one way or another, or were you just kind of letting it come to you? Mm, well, you know, like I was just—I think I was just—oh, what is it? Everywhere and nowhere. That what the hell does that mean, Dawn? Um, oh, I get it. I, you do. Ah, yeah. everywhere and nowhere. Just I. That's still in the dreamy phase. It's just in this also not know, know what do I want to do. But always in the back of my mind, though, I did kind of think of myself like being a star mm-hmm. <laughs> of some sort, doing doing something brilliant. I'm still trying to think of that brilliant thing I think I was telling you <laughs> off the other day. It's coming yeah. back to me. But, you know... But in terms of what that looked like then, in terms right. of what brilliant was, yeah, it was just, you know, like, be a star. And then everyone I knew wanted to be a star, you know. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I think the path was onto music because that's when I actually, that's around the time when I was in City College, actually. Well, when I was in um, Burr, Manhattan mm-hmm. College, I was, I don't know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> I really, I, I, what was I doing? I was doing something, but whatever it is, I sk- I, let's skip over it and I'll come back. We'll <laughs> skip over it like in a test. Just skip it and then come back. So let's go to City College. But by the time I was in City College, that's when I was doing my recording. You know, my, my, um, you know my record that went, I say, aluminum foil? <laughs> I'm proud. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> my record. A couple of things. We'll come right back to, to the music thing. But, yeah. um, but it, it just occurred to me as you were talking about you know, where we were, where you were at City College, it occurred to me that when we met at City College, neither of us was majoring in anything arts-related. We were both communications majored, right? I I know I was. Were you? I didn't know. I always thought you were an arts major. No, I, 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 
never was geared towards that until after I got a little dug in at school and I didn't change my major until like year five of my seven year tour Jeez. there. Jeez. Um, I, but I, that's the way I've seared that. That's the way I've made that grilled cheese sandwich. That's that, <laughs> that cheese is melted in Eric arts. Always. It's the Eric, art. It's like a grilled cheese. I know, you know, it didn't occur to me because that's when we were in that speech class. As mm-hmm. I was told, that's when we were in that speech class. I was a communications major, and when someone asked me, "What does that mean?" I have Ooh. no idea. I don't no, know. Nobody I knew. Did, oh, no one knew. I thought it was just me. Like it was a communications no, no, major. No, no, that, that was this a department-wide uh, <laughs> thing, you know. And they, they, I, my understanding is a lot has changed in that regard since then. But at that time, uh, everybody was lumped in together. Uh, I had friends who were film majors who were technically communications majors, wow. uh, journalists, uh, people looking to be journalists, oh, that's were what communications I major, advertising. That's what <laughs> I thought I was going to go in with a communications major. Yeah, I, yeah. So it was just, and mm-hmm. everybody's kind of looking at each other and all these other classes that they had to take for their major. Like this has nothing to do with what I want to do and what the fuck are you doing here? Exactly. You know, but, it, but, but now here, here's what I remember too, is we met in that class and we became friends and do you remember, we decided we were going to write a play together. It was the first artistic endeavor we had. Yes. And we worked on that for a while. And I don't know that we drew up anything more than lots of pages with scribbled notes and some character <laughs> ideas. Um, yeah. I, and that may I be best. I've forgotten about that. that mm, I've yeah. forgotten about that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. About oh, yeah, that's, that's, that, that was the beginning of our hanging out, getting together oh, to write. To write, yeah. Well, that that paid off. That wow, <laughs> yeah, that's so so. You but around the time we were first friends, you 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 would start getting more serious about you you were recording. Yeah, I had that come back. That uh, well, I was always I still especially through uh, college I was writing songs. Um, more, uh, I was now on the piano. Uh, it come out because I'd come out of the room on punishment. I forgot I had the guitar, and then I'd go to the piano sometimes. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I don't have if to I just stayed, do guitar today. Uh, if I had stayed in the house long enough, I said she's she can play violin and she. <laughs> but no, you, you know, I, if, you'd I mean, been a ba- if you had been a worse kid, you'd be a prodigy. <laughs> Project, 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 I'd, have been like, yeah. I'd have been like Prince. I'd be like, I'm doing the splits. She's going to be a star one day if she ever gets yeah. out of her room. Yeah. I'd be doing dancing too. That was the other thing. My mother thought I was going to be a dancer, but that's another thing. Um, dance. But that said, um, yeah. But I was in, uh, in college, let me see, in college, you're asking about the music. Well, I had never stopped writing music. I was always on the, you know, playing piano. And there was lots of music to write because a lot of songs, thank you, dad, um, mm. about my dad. And of course, you know, what, are you, what, are, what is a lot of it? Uh, I used to write about younger age. I'd write about my, my classmates and things like that. And of course, then heartbreak, you know, to go through relationships. So I had dad, I had relationships. Um, funny, you don't have anything, I don't have any songs about like how I like, you know, um, butterscotch <laughs> cupcakes, you know? You can't write a song about butterscotch cupcakes. I don't know, but I I was writing and I'd then find that record. and <laughs> and I, I was <laughs> and somehow or another I can't remember how I found out about they <clears throat> were auditioning this for a female singer this group and I don't remember if I saw it and I I cannot remember how I heard about it but I I went to this audition and I played a song that I wrote and. Uh, and these guys they were a little older. They were about, oh my God, they had to be like, and, and it might have seemed creepy. It really wasn't creepy. Mm-hmm. But they, and, um, but when I did this audition like up the street from City College, a guy, guy Mark Callender. I remember um, Mark. Yeah, Mark Callender. Hey, Donny Don. Um, <laughs> yeah. He yeah. and this group, this band, they they wanted this a female singer, and then I guess they were about at least fifteen years older than I was. He mm-hmm. lived. I remember going to that apartment, and him and his beautiful girlfriend opened up the door, and and I just I sing the song, and next thing I was, they wanted it just into where we just they wanted somebody to do. They had music, but they needed this 
they had this guy Rudy who was a male singer. He was doing their singing and they had this they had their you know there was this group of guys they had grown up together they were good friends and mm -hmm. and they had their little inside uh, yeah, manager you know but so here we go so mark and i just started working on songs that they had already done that maybe they wanted a female voice on yeah. or he and i just started collaborating on new things and that's where we would go during <laughs> one of the things i would do while i was in in school was go off and mark and i which in a lot of ways, Mark and I would work together. And he was kind of one of my, I guess, musical soulmates. Mm. I always think fondly of that. And then, you know, one of the things that changed that relationship is when this, the guy that entered the picture that allowed us to make this song, mm. <laughs> take some of a joy ride. Oh my goodness, boy, oh boy, did that put some strain on things. But, you know, what... So he would like trying to take over. Yes, he has absolutely no musical talent, but uh, no. he 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 doesn't. If you hear the song that he wanted us to rework, if you ever hear, oh my God, Eric, you've never heard. You've heard the song "Victim of a Joyride." Uh, yeah, but you've I've never heard. heard I, I remember two from that period, but yeah. I, I think only one got like actually made into a, a, a record, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, Victim I made of a Joy, right. You probably but heard the, the yeah, yeah, There was one called Watching You, I think, something like that. Oh, was, mm, yeah, well, there were a few that we actually put watching on. Watching you, I've been watching wow, you for so long. Yeah. I actually have a demo of that on a cassette tape somewhere at home. Yeah, I was like, better late than never. I this one, better late than never. We did... Because once once heard. Johnny, yeah, once Johnny got involved, then they started trying to make some other records. But because he was so involved, but didn't know about the music, so that made it. That was a strain. Yeah. Um, it was frustrating for everyone, of course. And and you know what? That's what I think the business is like anyway. So mm -hmm. I mean, I was kind of young and just didn't, didn't. I couldn't reconcile. It was just a bit much for me. But um, I. I enjoyed the process. I enjoyed the process of us making the music. But Victim of a Joyride, like I said, was oh my goodness! You heard the if you heard the the what the the version that Johnny did and what mm, that's Mark the one that created, got put out. No, the no. one that Johnny did is the one that he brought to us. Mm. And if you heard that, oh my goodness, it sounded like a ukulele with like <laughs> someone playing two pots and the Victor. And oh my goodness, I what Mark turned it into, oh my God, was just knowing no, that alone. It was, a, it was a, a definitely a club hit in, in many circles. And that was that was the, the first thing that came out of that collaboration. Is that the only thing that ever saw the light of day? Uh yes, that's the thing that saw the light of the day. The only thing. Um but that was uh but we had other Tunes, like I said, we had other things that we were working on that didn't come out, but um, that weren't, you know, sh that what would you say? I can't think of the word that we didn't put out. Um, but yeah, Victim of All Joyride was where it kind of ended mm -hmm. in terms of putting things out because of that very, very difficult uh, sort of balance in the person giving it the money, the person footing it, trying to have the input, and it just. <laughs> imploded. Now that said, I don't I don't regret that experience. Mm -hmm. so I really don't at all. <clears throat> but yeah. did you did you <clears throat> and Mark or any of the the people from that experience uh, the ones that did get along uh without, you know, the 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 money guy um ever explore working together again in different contexts? No, I no. It just because I the 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 guys sort of I think sort of fell off and it just became Mark. Mm -hmm. You know, basically it was Mark. I don't even think that the male singer was singing with them anymore. It was basically Mark and myself collaborating. Um, another guy they found another guy to come in that was he could dance and everything. So they tried to do this thing where they were producing another guy, and we did this. Uh, we did a duet together. It was so funny. We did a demo. And Mark said, oh, my God, you, that was horrible. Oh, he sounded horrible. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, you know, no, it just seemed like they just kind of went off the radar after, I think, we did the second 
this second um, studio project where we were going to put out in the next records, which they were pretty good. And that the production had definitely, oh my God, the production had definitely um, improved. It was a lot, but it was a little more produced. Um, we, we did, well, that marks the uh, uh, area, the, the production? Production, songwriting. Yeah, no, because that, that guy really, you know, I, I didn't know him well, but I met him on a handful of occasions, and it just seemed like he, he had his he had his head together for doing that work. Yeah, he was excellent with that. He's a, he's an excellent musician and and uh, producer, and uh, yeah, I just think that 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 I just think that that just that whole scenario was like that could probably be a very uh, uh, I would say a very not a popular movie uh, mm. <laughs> about, you know, about it's the same you've seen over and over again about this, a group that never was. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you went from the group that never was, was to forming the group with no name. <laughs> right, uh, exactly. With a, no, with he, a bag of chips. I want to ask you something about Victim of Joyride, though, because I, you know, we, we had... Uh, Briefly lost touch for a little bit when around the time that that came out, and mm -hmm. I was at uh, the legendary Rock and Soul Records, the place that was like a, a huge any any DJ worth their salt in New York. That was one of the spots they had to hit mm. all the time for you know all the twelve inches and imports and singles and stuff that DJs needed. And I walked in that store and I saw. You're eight by ten up on the wall, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess something happened with the record. <laughs> but I say, well, that is kind of a lead in, to, and I did eventually see it in 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 the racks, like, oh, we could buy this, whatever. Yeah. But um, it, that was that was what happened for me when I saw. It. I was like, oh, she's doing good. Um, what what happened for you when that was released? Uh, well, I happened to never really. People never really hear anything or see anything myself. I always someone always reports it to me. So like when you're telling you're telling me this, you probably told me before, and I'd be like, wow, wow, really? And Evelyn, um, no, Ellen, Ellen called me. Oh, at <laughs> one o'clock in the morning, and she was crying. You made it, you made it. She was at a what was it? She was at a a club, and and she came over and they played it. Well, yeah, they played it. We should say, but she's not at a club. But she was a, she was as usual, and she my mom woke me up like two a.m. and she's like, oh, you got a phone call, and then Ellen's like, you made it, you made it, no, you made it, and I hear it playing in the background. Kind of find and, out a few years ago. I gotta tell you, did I tell you that? I, but apparently, "Victim of Joy" is a big hit in London. Yeah, I heard about that. Like, you know, Ricardo, like, like you wait didn't a minute, even, did you know that at that time? Never ever. I looked it up and they're like, "Oh, this is a little ditty." You know, we're dancing <laughs> around in the bed, and I'm like, "What the hell?" People are like, "Yeah, I remember this," <laughs> and I'm like, "Where the was I?" When this is occurring, meanwhile, I'm here chewing on like, you know, a slice of pizza, you know, <laughs> you know, and then somebody's over there rocking in London. I mean, I want to know well, and, and, what's going on. Ellen calls you, tells you, your mom said you got a phone call at 2 a.m. Yay, you've made it. And you hang up and then find out you're on punishment again. <laughs> um, that's what I envision. But the other thing is, I, I wanted to ask you, did you ever, so... Since you weren't aware of that, I'm, I'm going to take it that the crew never actually did any promo appearances related to it or anything? Not that I know of, no. <laughs> None! They probably don't know either. They're chopping on some popcorn somewhere. I don't know that. So, yeah. Well, well you, you got shit out there anyway. <laughs> And that was our conversation with Dawn Owens, or part of our conversation with Dawn Owens. Or that's part of the conversation we've already had. We, we talked with Dawn. We're going to talk with her again. We're going to finish it off. We're going to do it right next time. That is Dawn Owens, co-founder of No Name, and that's part of her story. We'll get back to her. In the meantime, I want to thank everybody who's been along for the ride with us. I hope the end of your year is okay. Uh, let's get the hell out of 2023. Let's get into 2024, a fresh start. 
But I could not have gotten this far without our amazing staff. First of all, the producer and the grand poobah of everything we do here, the one and only Gary Hardcastle. Additional audio provided by Miles Mixapil Blues Booth. A tip and cap to our production assistants, Stanley Recio and Jeremy Pueyo. And you, thank you all for spending time with us. You know, before we leave you, we always leave you with a song. And we're going to do one we've done before. This is a New Year's Eve love song from Joshua H. Cohen. He's a composer. He normally just composes. But this is him singing his own composition. And I think it's a fitting way to end our podcast year. So until next time, my name is Eric Vetter. I love you all. I'd follow you to the deepest Sahara, to Rio's favela, or far Tel Aviv. I'd travel for you to Paris or Peru, but not to Times Square on New Year's Eve. I'd follow you to Victoria Falls, to the Taj Mahal halls where the Mughal kings grieve. For you I would schlep across the great Russian steppe, but not to Times Square on New Year's Eve. I'm trying to show you that my love is flowing. With each step we've taken, my love's only grown. But if you're standing stock still for hours when it's snowing, Sweetheart, you're going alone. So I'd follow you up the slopes of Mount Everest and never rest till the top peak we achieve. To Poland or Thailand or even Long Island. But not to Times Square on New Year's. Not in a hundred two years. Not to Times Square on New So, as you can tell, this is a list song. Um, it's uh, written in the tradition of the list songs of the American Songbook. And like those songs, it has a million verses. <laughs> Hang on. I'd follow you to Old Kenny Bunkport or Newport or Bridgeport or Davin or Shreve. I'd even feel thrills taking you to Fresh Kills. But not to Times Square on New Year's Eve. I'd follow you to Levant for falafel, to Belgium for waffles, or Belgian on Dive, to the Caspian I'd coast for beluga on toast. But not to Times Square on New Year's Eve. I swear that I'd put my foot down on the throttle to speak wherever your dreams take you to but if your kind of fun is go horse counting backwards and hobnob with tourists and go without liquor and wear number glasses and pee in a bottle sweetheart I've got a little news flash for you that I'd follow you up across the sticks down to Hades where souls arrive knowing they never will leave through the fire and despair to the devil's own lair but not to Times Square on New Year's Eve. I'd follow you to the dive bars of Boise, where if it gets noisy, you take in a leave. I'd just for the day go to Tierra del Fuego, but not to Times Square on New Year's Eve. I'd follow you to the docks of New Orleans where Commodores compare and Stevedores. Um, Steve. I'd side alongside a small cell of Al Qaeda, but not, you know where, on New Year's Eve. Let's just go to the party your freshman roommate's giving, though she thinks you should have married that guy from your dorm. And her welcome so cold that I'm scared of a shiving. But for God's sakes, her living room's warm. So I'm begging you to reduce this harsh sentence. Doesn't honest repentance deserve a reprieve? Say go here or go there, go away, I don't care. Just not to Times Square 
a new 